0: Welcome to the Perspectives with Katherine Toon podcast.
1: So this is a very special session. We are doing this live, which is fun. Not typical for our podcast, but this is our 200th. This is an exciting episode of the podcast the perspectives with katherine toon podcast because it is our 200th and uh we've been kind of blowing and going and having a great time and you wanted to do something special uh, which is why i'm doing this live and i uh, do want engagement so uh, please sign on and i apologize to you if i'm not responding to you i don't get all the notifications Technology is great when it works, and sometimes it only works partially well and all of that, but we're going to roll. We're going to have a good time. So tonight, uh, I am going to be answering your questions, and I've been collecting these and meditating on these, Uh, and usually I, I prepare, and then usually what happens is when I do most of my talks and things, I prepare, and then sort of launch from there <laughs> so we're probably going to flow we're going to have a good time but I do want to do something kind of special because it is our 200th I have this gizmo and I hope this works <laughs> so this is live on camera okay one two three Yay! <laughs> and Ron said I love your necklace thank you I'm going to try one more time because this really really bugged me I bought these just for this and it's not working really well poor rachel i told her i told her that i would um save her some okay wait okay wait push you pull and then you watch there we go anyway we did it we'll call it good and thank you ron for your necklace comment it is a mess back here look at this isn't this fabulous so let's uh, let's get started with some of our questions this evening. Uh, and I'm going to start off. I just have to do this. I know you're going to love me anyway. Um, but I'm going to start off with my son, Robert's question. Uh, and his question was, because he's an animal lover, uh, why respect all life? Why is that a Christian thing, as well as so many other religions, have a high premium for life. And this is a God concept. You know, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. So all life springs from God and all life is sacred. Uh, All life is sacred, whether it's human life, whether it's animal life. Uh, And so God, when he created us in his image and likeness He also gave us dominion over the seen realm. And our job was to take care of it all, was to take dominion over everything but one another. And dominion just means rulership. A fallen version of dominion is domination. Okay, that is a fallen way of being. We're not to dominate. We're supposed to, oh, do what Jesus said, do a new commandment I give you to love one another as I love you. So our job is to love. And that means loving what God loves. What does God love? God God loves his creation. He loves his kids, every one of his kids. If you're a human being, you're his kids. You may not know it. You may be following something else, but you're still his kids. So kidhood is about parents, who your parent is, uh, not about even whether you choose the parent. (laughs) So we're all God's kids, and that's a scriptural thing. And so in that we need to take care of the planet. We need to take care of ourselves. We need to take care of one another. That's loving as God loves. So that means the animals are important. And there's a way to navigate in a world where it seems like resources are scarce so that uh, you know, if you take care of yourself, well, you have to harm the animals. Well, no, there are ways to, there's ways to win-win. God is about a win-win. And so which means if we're out of resources or we're concerned about things, say, like global climate change or any of these things, God has creative ways for us to take dominion in something beautiful and life-giving so that there's hope. You know, God is bringing heaven to earth. We're not waiting to hold on till we die and go to heaven. No, we're to bring heaven on earth, including everyone's bodies, Heather, (laughs) and other people that are struggling with things in their bodies, bringing heaven on earth. That's life more abundant to the full, till it overflows. That is life for the animals and life for uh, our planet. Now we don't worship the created realm. We worship God and we take care of the seen realm. We take care of one another and we take care of uh, the planet because when we take care of the planet, it takes care of us and it's the win-win. So uh, this is why we respect all life. Now with that, you know, and and different people have different sensibilities, say like if you're uh, a vegan or something, you don't eat meat. I was vegan for a long time. It was we had we had to finally end it because one day Brian uh, sat down so miserable at the table. He goes. I remember what I used to enjoy eating. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, things changed after that. But so if if uh, you know if you have an issue with eating meat, please don't violate your conscience. But Jesus ate meat, so there's a way to navigate all that, and a lot of that is a matter of conscience. So follow that, uh, and take care of what's in front of you. Do your part and rest. That God says it's a world without end. We're not going to explode. We're not going to, because God has created this planet to be inhabited, to bring heaven to earth on the planet. Okay. So I hope that helped you, Robert and whoever else. I'm going to answer my daughter, Veronica's. I'm going to get my kids' questions out of the way first. Look at the animals. They are comical. Oh my goodness, Ron. I, I have to say, seriously, can you imagine God in creation? Like he was having so much fun. And then he values us so much that he says, hey, name them. <laughs> Isn't that great? So we are to partner with God in taking care of creation. And part of the apokatastasis we're going to talk about that later. Uh, that is the redemption of all things is actually the restoring of the planet. And so that's God's plan for the long haul. And we get to partner with him in that so i'm going to answer veronica's my my eldest daughter's question because it's a quick one next he says what's the what is the best uh what is the best thing that's happened since accepting jesus this is really fast you ready my family of course after i accepted jesus god gave me the desire of my heart an incredible husband brian he was incredibly supportive and three incredible kids and that is the absolute best high watermark. And we just keep on going from there. So I am a one grateful human being because I didn't come from a very happy start. And, um, and, uh, and it's amazing how God is able to redeem all things when we do it his way. And we work hard on ourselves, because we do need to do that a lot of times. I did get a an adorable question from Raymond McGrath. I'm not going to speak everybody's name out because some, some people like to be anonymous, which is fine, but he asked me a simple question. He goes, what is your favorite movie about God or Jesus? That is really simple. And you guys, I bet you're going to resonate. It's like, oh yeah, that's my favorite too. Uh, the Shack <laughs> by Paul Young. Definitely incredible movie. If you haven't seen it, you need to. Um, incredible depth to it and uh, redemption in it. And I'm all about redemption. Uh, and then Henry Harris uh, asked me, what's your views of women being silenced in ministry? Well, obviously I don't have a real high um, appreciation for that perspective because I am definitely not silent, <laughs> but I'm not rebellious. Uh, I am able to see the, the trouble scriptures uh f- from a better perspective whenever we are interpreting scripture particularly the ones that look nasty you know there's nasty scriptures and so it's really an issue of interpretation because if it doesn't look like christ on the cross for all of humanity inclusive it doesn't look like love we've got something uh something is off so if it is something is you're looking at the punishment scriptures the wrath scriptures Um, eternal conscious torment, all of that stuff. And it doesn't look like this gorgeous God who loved us and gave himself up for us. If it doesn't look like that, we're missing something. And sometimes we can't connect the dots completely, but go with that intuition. Because let me tell you something. Um, Guess who Holy Spirit where Holy spirit resides in you. And if in your know, you're like, that is not passing the sniff test, but I can't reconcile it scripturally. And you may not be able to always, uh, but we have to understand that people spoke from particular perspectives. And so you have to have a proper hermeneutic hermeneutic is like, you know, a, a, a $500 word. That just means your approach to interpreting scripture Uh, And so we have to be able to answer in that, who is it being spoken to? Is it for all people, for all times? Um, What is it regarding? Is it applicable to every person everywhere for all time or just this one uh, particular area? And so a lot of the, the trouble scriptures with, uh, women in ministry, uh, say first Timothy two 12, a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet and I'll just stop there. So in other words, sit down, shut up, wear a doily on your head. Hi, Margaret. How are you? I got all your hearts. Thank you for that. Um, and so, uh, Quite a few scriptures like that, but they don't hang with everything else, because uh, if you look at the whole context of scripture, um, it's like, yeah, but they're speaking there, but they're not supposed to speak here. And so we have to really understand what's going on. We have to understand uh, how does God uh, influence uh, and his nature influence how he sees his sons and daughters. So he's love. If it doesn't look like love, there's something wrong there. You don't muzzle people. You don't muzzle a gender. Uh, they have something of value to offer. Thank you, Henry. I'm answering your question. How Your question was, uh, wait, wait, let me put it here. What does your view of women being silenced in ministry? So uh, we're just diving into that. If, if it doesn't look like him um, uh, uh, as a God of freedom, uh, there's something wrong with that, right? So, you know, there is a way, it's like, I don't understand how that 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 uh, shakes out exactly with what it's saying, but there's something wrong. So go with your gut on that because your gut, that's where Holy Spirit is, right? He leads us and guides us into all truth. So for that one scripture, I do not permit a woman to teach. Uh, Paul was writing to his spiritual son, Timothy, to the church at Ephesus and the church at Ephesus had some major Problems, <laughs> right? Um, and part of those problems, uh, as it talked about in First Timothy 4:7, uh, that what was going on, there were godless godless myths and old wives' tales, okay. There were idle gossipers and busybodies. These were a group of women who were promoting these things, okay. And so you had these women going around with godless myths. There's major problems in the church with women going house to house spreading evil teachings and doctrines of demons, literally. Okay. So this was the actual reason for the letter. Okay. Um, So he was muzzling these particular women because I don't want someone spreading doctrines of demons. Okay. Uh, Busy bodies, idle gossipers, myths. Um, they had this bizarre, uh, Gnosticism that was happening. This idea that, uh, that the, that the physical realm is evil and that only the spiritual realm is good. And some really weird things that came about that. A part of the teaching was that, um, Eve was created before Adam, uh, and liberated the world when she listened to the serpent. So, Um, if you don't want that teaching in your church, you're going to tell, I do not permit a woman to speak. These are specific women in the church, a particular church that should not be teaching, right? The other thing is where it says, or have authority over a man. Uh, The word for authority was, uh, I'm going to say this, anyway, just love me anyway. It's a Greek authentian, which is to seize by force, even with murderous connotation. So this is a violent seizure you know, of power. You do not, do not permit anybody to do that. So these women were acting in a really ungodly way. They should have not been in leadership. They should not be teaching. Um, so that's why women were, I do not permit these women a women to teach not all women for all time paul endorsed a ton of female leaders including phoebe who was a deaconess in romans 6 1 through 2 as well as many female co-laborers um, he also talked about female prophets he also talked about uh, female apostles he endorsed a female apostle Junias as outstanding among the apostles so you have to take the whole context of scripture If you have got a message that's coming from God, ladies, stand up and listen. You know, Uh, stand up and speak. It's life. You know, I just wrote my book, God, Male and Female, because a lot of that is healing the battle of the sexes. Right. And so when when women and men come together and champion one another, it is literally life. So the church needs female voices and needs male voices. It needs your voice. So um, I'll just leave that at that. There's a lot more having to do with women in ministry, but I hope that, that helped with them, uh, that particular one. And I did have another question and feel free to um, uh, comment. Uh, I had another question. What does salvation really mean? Uh, That is a great question. And you know, you would think we would really have a a, like, of course, I know what it means. But we are confused. Um, And Ron, you said the first apostle was a female. Hello. Guess what? You're absolutely right. Who did Jesus reveal himself to the first one? Was Mary, and she spread about telling everything, right? And also the women at the well, the first time that he admitted, it said he was the Messiah, and she evangelized. So I'm telling you, God has a high uh, value for women and a high value for men. He just has a high value. Are you a human being? He has a high value for you, regardless of your gender or life situation. So, regarding what is salvation, you would think that would be really clear. Uh, And it's about as clear as mud because we have a bunch of weird ideas about about eternal conscious torment, about the afterlife. And really, uh, the word salvation, which is sozo or soterion in Greek, is simply being saved from something and saved to something. So when you're being saved, um, that's got the concept of being saved from something, healed, delivered, made whole. So what what is broken? What is broken? Well, our minds are broken. Our wills are broken. We want to say yes to the destructive things and no to good things. Our minds are jacked up. Our emotions are messed up. Uh, Our bodies are messed up. We have creation that is messed up. We've got a lot of things that are fallen. Okay. Um, And so being saved is bringing heaven to earth in our minds, wills, emotions, bodies, relationships, finances, creation itself. It's being saved from the fallenness of that and restored back to original design. And so with you created in the image and likeness of God and who you really are uh, as without spot or blemish before God in love. He's saving you back to that. That is who you really are. That looks like the image of Christ in your flavor. And so anything that doesn't look like that, okay, that's either going away or being developed in you. I like to keep it really, uh, really simple because you are a son of God. You're a daughter of God. You look just like him in your flavor. So What does not look like Jesus in your flavor? Okay, that needs to be saved. And that's what God is doing. But what God does is he does it from the inside out. Hey, Raymond, I'm so happy to see you too. Did you get my, were you you able to hear my answer to your question? My favorite movie, The Shack. I didn't know if you just popped on. I already uh, answered your question, which is great. I don't know if you've seen that one, but you guys need to see it if you haven't. Um, And now we're talking about what salvation is. Um, So in order to do this, God had to become, uh, I'll I'll answer your question, Ron. Sorry, I just got a little uh, distracted. I'll answer that in a question. Uh, to, To do this, God had to become human. He had to become human, embody humanity take us up with him as a as humanity so the old man died and what what was raised again was a new creature that's who we are our nature was made remade whole and now it's working out that completed salvation with fear and trembling hi larry such a good word Catherine. thank you and ron you asked what books are behind you on your right well i'm so glad you're all i get to promote my own books (laughs) okay i'll show you so this is that god male and female book that i told you about this is on amazon if you guys have more questions about kind of um what about the battle of the sexes is God really male and female? I'm not taking away Father God. I'm not taking away Jesus. But the expression of that is so gorgeous. You have to get this book. And it's also on Audible, so which is amazing. And then, okay, so that's one. This is my Marked by Love book. That was the first book I ever wrote. And if you guys are looking for a good study in January, find Lisa Couture. And I will point that way. She's actually doing a, a Bible study, a Zoom online. Um, and this is available in, you really want to get this cause this has love encounter breaks. It's so good. Um, uh, but she's doing a, a study. If you guys want to join a zoom group and study that she'll be amazing at it. She's amazing. She's an amazing teacher. And then they're going through the book. This is my how to hear God book. It's short but, uh, powerful. I just actually put this on audible as well. And oh, hint, hint, hint. If you don't want to spend money, you can download this for free on my website. It just won't be the sexy hard copy. Um, but I also have it on Kindle. Uh, this is my rare and beautiful treasures book. Um, this is just a short one. And then I have a marked by love workbook and leader's guide. Uh, the workbook is for those of you who like, uh, who like uh, workbooks, and really want to go through it with the marked by love. Hi, Robert. It's so good to see you. Uh, and then I have a leader's guide for te- for people who want to actually uh, do the course. I just sent one off to Lisa. So there, are, there's a lineup of the books. I've got more coming. So just stay tuned, and we're going to have fun. Um, So I want to get back to what we were talking about salvation because I wanted to talk a little bit about how does God save, right? So um, very much so the early church fathers and church mothers, many of them, not all of them, uh, were really tracking with this concept of God as a consuming fire. Okay. Um, So God is a consuming fire. God is love. Love is a consuming fire. And if love is a consuming fire, what does love consume? It consumes everything that's not of love's kind. Now, since you were created and every single human being are created in the image and likeness of God, that means you don't consume people, but you consume everything that's in them that's not of love's kind. And that will ultimately conform them to the image of Christ. Um, If you really search for it in the Bible, you're not going to find. And if you find it, come find me. um, Anything that says you have to make a decision for Christ before you die in order to be saved. Okay. now let me say this. You need to make a a decision for Christ. You need to repent, turn towards him in order to experience salvation. But there's nothing to say that you can't do that on the other side of life. OK, and um, so where it talks about a lake of fire, that's actually the lake of fire is actually Christ himself, who is the fire of love that will consume everything that's not of love's kind. So it's not this fearsome, uh, eternal conscious torment. It's consuming what's not really of you, of how God made you. And we can talk more and more about this, but I just wanted to bring that in because that's part of the salvation process. And the more you do here, the less you have to do over there. <laughs> but I, I am hopeful that God is able to do this for humanity. How long can we hold out uh, to the love of God? When we fight the love of God, it is tormenting. It is hellish. But uh, but when we yield to that, it may be hard. It's like a discipline, But it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness, right? So we're able to enjoy that that saving work. We're working out that salvation with fear and trembling because you're holy. And it's a holy process, not because we're afraid of punishment. God is not a punisher. He is a healer. Okay. Okay. And I wanted to bring out a word, and I I am going to quote a scripture for this. In Acts 3, 19 through 21 from the Passion Translation, it says, and now you must repent and turn back to God. So what is repenting? It's changing your mind. It's turning back to God. When we turn away from God, we turn, what do we turn away from? We turn away from light, love, truth, life. And so if you turn away from that, what are you turning towards you're turning towards darkness no love delusion or lies um, and death okay that's the wages of sin is death so if you're there just turn back to experience what is rightfully yours as a son and daughter and it says uh, uh, so now you must repent and turn back to god so that your sins will be removed the word there is obliterated isn't that great? He doesn't just cover sin with blood. He obliterates it. Why? Because it was never of you to begin with. And so that the times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. And he will send you Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, for he must remain in heaven until the restoration of all things has taken place. This word is the Greek word apokatastasis. That means everything restored back to original Intent. So Jesus is coming back for a restored creation, for a restored you, right? Fulfilling everything that God said long ago through His holy process, uh, through His holy prof- prophets. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, so that is the a revelation of what God is doing to restoring all things. He is in the long game. Oh, Ron, you are so kind. Look at you. You put my website on there. And Raymond, uh, thank you that you love this message. I love it. And Robert, once again, uh, you give us those scriptures. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, right? That brings death, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? What needs to be healed? Your mind, your will, your emotions, your body. Uh, Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. We're understanding what is this will? The restoration of all things, that's his will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will for you, right? Life more abundantly to the full till it overflows. Um, so I think I could go on and on and on about that, but I want to make sure that I'm getting to everybody's, um, everybody's uh, questions. Let me see here. Uh, and if you guys have any questions on this, feel free to ask or feel free to comment. And I will go ahead and put that on here. OK, well, we'll skip that. I have a lot more content, but I wanted to make sure that I got to everybody. Um, I, I think the next thing we're going to do, this is going to be a treat, but I do have to give you a little warning because my sweet daughter, Rachel, who just texted me with something Okay. She's watching the podcast now. Hi, sweetheart. This is my daughter, Rachel. <laughs> she asked me, I, I asked all my kids questions. Cause I figured, listen, if, if, if we're going to be open for questions, my kids get a, a whack at it. Um. So Veronica gave me the sweet, what is your biggest blessing? That is so my beautiful, uh, sweet daughter, Veronica. Robert gave me the animal creation, loving life question, which is perfect. And so Rachel, true to her personality, gave me the uh, I'm going to throw a zinger at you. And so this will be a zinger. Is She actually sent me a TikTok video that I am going to play for you. I hope this works out. So please, Jesus, help me do this technologically. Um, and this is actually a Satanist who is kind of debating a, a Christian And kind of mocking God, whatever, but he raises some really good questions that deserve an answer. And then he's also full of BS that just deserves to be put in the BS pile. (laughs) Okay, but I'm going to play it for you. um, And if. Um, you know, this, if if you've had, uh, issues with some demonic stuff, this could be a little hard for you. So I'm just giving you a warning. It's only a minute and 41 seconds and you're going to hear the Satanist talk first. You'll be able to determine, even if you can't see it, you'll be able to hear it. He's pretty creepy. (laughs) And then you got the Christian who's trying to hold his own, but has some bad theology. Um, and then we're going to address it. So, okay, let's do it
0: they would send someone to an eternal lake of fire to be burned forever for the simple fact of non-belief when that deity knows what it would take to convince every single person on this planet that is cruel it is inhumane it is not kind it is not generous and that is not a god worthy of worship i think the historical christian position is is that, that the gift of the, the invitation that God gives to the people that he made is so, so generous and came at such a high price. To a high price he gave that, up a um, weekend. That uh, He gave up a weekend. Right. He was God before. Yeah, yeah. He was God during. He's God now. He gave up a weekend. If I knew right now that I could go off and die and then not die, how where's the gift in that number one? I'm able to look at the... the, the Grace that has been extended to Grace. me, in, uh, and yeah, So well, the way that I would commonly think of it is, is that if I gave up the life of, of my own son um, in exchange for your life, that, that it is okay then for me to to make the the invitation that that God makes towards us. Um, is that moral? Is it moral? Is it moral on well, a corporeal it? level? Jesus took on the, the penalty that I deserved for the, the sins that I committed. If, if we're looking at, you know, the traditional Christian faith. And so I receive uh, his gift of grace and as, as a payment for, for the things that I had done. So your question, is it moral or is it just, is it fair? I'm able as a Christian to say, no, it's not fair um, because I deserve the, the punishment that he took on himself.
1: Okay. Did you guys hear that? Someone give me a thumbs up or a whatever. I'm going to go through the points in this. So uh, the Satanist said, I would never worship a God who would send someone to an eternal lake of fire for the sin of non-belief. Okay. I actually agree with that. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's valid. But we can talk about that uh, for a second. It says, when that deity knows what it would take to convince every single person on this planet. Oh, good. Thank you, sweetheart. You guys heard it. Okay. Um, so he's saying, I would never worship a God who would send someone to eternal lake of fire for the sin of non-belief. So my question is, does God do that? Does God send you to an eternal lake of fire, a punishing lake of fire for the sin of non-belief? And I would propose to you, if, if you start off with a wrong presupposition, you're going to come to a wrong conclusion. God does not send anybody to an eternal lake of a punishing, lake of fire for the sin of non-belief. He does not do that. As a matter of fact, he actually is the lake of fire and the fire is love. And what does love do? Love convinces of love. Love heals is what love does. When you fight it, It can be tormenting, but you're going against the grain of your desire. It says, when that deity knows what it would take to convince every single person on the planet, let me just ask you, um, how does love convince? How does love convince? Love woos the heart. Love plays the long game. Love plays the eternal game. Okay. And so in any, I just want you to think of something in your own life that maybe, you know, is true scripturally, but you're really struggling with belief. Say, let's say about healing, right? Um, You know, uh, does God heal? Well, we know by his stripes, I was healed, right? Is healing in the atonement? Yes. Do we struggle manifesting healing sometimes? Absolutely. And so is God punishing you because you don't believe? No, God is working with you to convince you of how loved you are how he dies for his creation. He goes into the pit of hell to get you the hell out of hell. He doesn't send you to hell. He get he's in hell. If I make my bed in hell, even you are there. Um, so what it will take for every human being on the planet to be convinced is the long game of love. Love is what heals. When you know you are loved, you can rest. You can receive what has always been yours. A, the word says, fear not, my beloved flock. It is my pleasure to give you the kingdom. You already have God's yes. And he wants our amen. But sometimes we have a hard time saying it because we really don't believe it. Because maybe we've been beaten down. How many of you have prayed? Let me just ask you. How many people have prayed and somebody died? Okay right? I mean, close people. Okay. Um, this is something that's happened. How many that you prayed uh, for finances and maybe you got booted out, okay, of your apartment or something. I mean, bad things happen. So it's hard sometimes. And we have unanswered questions. Why did it work this time? Why did it work, not work that time? I have no idea. <laughs> um, but I do know you have a God that is a relentless pursuit of you, even this, um, this satanic dude. Um, uh, but this is what, what happens, uh, whenever you get, let me just say, if you are confused about what, what the source is of something, is it from God or is it from the enemy? Okay. If there is an accusation, it's from the enemy. Another word for uh, the devil is the accuser, the accuser of the brethren. So what is this dude doing? He's accusing God. Okay. He says that is cruel, inhumane. It was not kind. It's not generous. And that is not a God worthy of worship. And I say, you're absolutely right, but that's not who God is. (laughs) Okay. So that's a really good question. Like, yeah. So if God says, if you don't worship me, I'm sending you to hell. Okay. That is not... That is not the God of Jesus Christ. The God uh, the God who is of Christ, Father, Son, and Spirit, they actually, the word for bless in Genesis, and I can't remember what the Hebrew word is. I knew, but I can look it up, but I don't remember offhand. But it literally is the word for adoration or kneeling down or almost worshiping. Just like you do a baby, you kneel down to their level and you adore that baby. It's like you're worshiping the baby okay he in a in a manner speaking worships his kids so he he dives down to the pit of hell what does it take to save his kids every last one that's where he's going that's why he had to take on flesh and fight the darkness uh to to um to connect with his father through that in his flesh becoming sin in his flesh On our behalf, Father, Son, and Spirit as one reconciling the whole world, right? Um, And Raymond, you said uh, we grow spiritually even through hardship. This is true. This is really true. Um, But one one, one way or the other, he will wipe away every tear. That is promised to you on this side of heaven or the other side of heaven. That will happen. That will happen. He will relentlessly pursue the Adolf Hitlers and the Satanists and whatever because they're his kids. They just don't know it. And they've turned away from light and embraced darkness. You know, light, if, if the light within you is dark, how great is that darkness? That's in the scripture. And what's wrong with that light that is dark? It's light that is from God, the life of man, right? Without love. And that is darkness, right? Light without love is darkness, it's a, a self-imposed separation. So this is why we need to repent, turn back, turn back towards love, turn back towards light, turn back towards life. Where You know, if you run away from God and give him the flying finger, i will just run with you. You cannot outrun God. If I make my bed in the midst of hell, even you are there to get you the hell out of hell. Isn't that Amazing. OK, uh, then uh, the second thing that he said uh, when the, the Christian said, well, you know, God paid a high price for you and that's why he can, um, you know, uh, uh, I guess, send you to eternal conscious torment, I, which he doesn't do. But anyway, but that's that's what the, the, the con- if you don't choose Jesus, you will suffer because you're 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 going against the grain of life, light and truth. So just choose him. He loves you. Let him embrace you right where you're at. Uh, and, and this dude's response is, well, he gave up a weekend. I mean, my response is like, well, buddy, why don't you give up a weekend? Let's, let's see the weekend that Jesus gave up. Okay. So he was God before he is God during, and he is God. Now he gave up a weekend. If I could know, uh, if I could know that I could go off and die and then not die, what is the gift in that? Well, it's, it's entering into our hell, It's becoming sin. It's becoming Every fallen thing in creation, assuming that in his darkness and experiencing what it feels like as a human being to be separated from his father. He was not really separated, but in his mind, we're alienated in our minds and taking that on and trusting his father that his spirit would raise him from the dead. So, you know, this is why he was sweating blood okay so this is not just the average weekend and he spent his whole life laying himself down it wasn't just the weekend it was his entire life he had to work out uh in his flesh all of those things um so the gift is himself God is his own gift that he that did not spare his only son how shall he freely not with him give us all things. But you have to realize it wasn't just Jesus dying um, uh, for humanity. It was God in Christ dying, reckoned to reconcile the whole world. So it's always father, son, and spirit. It wasn't father punishing a son because, because the, the idea is that sin doesn't need punishment. It needs healing. So, so if, if, if you're a lawyer, sin needs punishment, but God's not a lawyer. Uh, he's a judge. And what does he judge? He judges what's of love's kind. And everything that's not that will be burnt off. And everything that's of you, who you really are, that he's bringing to the life. That's the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. That's where we're living life abundant to the full. Till it overflows where we're full of light, life, and truth. Everything you always longed for in your heart of heart of hearts, it's all in that. Um, You know, another another thing, you know, uh, that he said in this, he talked about grace and he was mocking grace. Well, you know what, buddy, you could use some grace. Um, And then he said, giving up his son for that. Is that moral? Is it just is it fair on a corporeal level? Well, um, (laughs) it's funny uh, because the demonic always wants to accuse. Right. They call evil good and good evil. So now I'm going to take the moral high ground. I thought it was actually really funny that he said on a corporeal level, it's like Christ became flesh. God became flesh, assumed flesh to enter what it means to be human and to redeem what it means to be human. That means he had to suffer in his flesh, not just on the cross the weekend, but his entire life with a human body that that suffered. The Bible says he was tempted in every way, but without sin. So where have you been raked through the coals? Well, God knows exactly what that is. It is very, very intimate. See, and that's the only way that God could redeem his beloved creation. He had to go down to the pit of hell deeper than any hell we've ever experienced and bring up all of humanity with him. And so our job now in returning to Christ is awakening to what already is. You're already one with God, whether you know it or not, whether you agree with it or not, whether you vote for it or not, whether you give God the flying finger, you're one with God. Why? Because he chose you before the foundation of the world. So your choice doesn't make it true, but it does allow you to experience his choice for you. Um, let's look at the fruit of the demonic guy, because sometimes we get Really confused, right? Because he actually brings up some good, good questions. I like that. Like I wouldn't worship that guy either, but that's that God either. But that's not who God is. So don't worship that. <laughs> um so um you notice in this that uh the uh Satanist constantly is interrupting the Christian, right? Right. He's just constantly interrupting him. He dominates the conversation, he intimidates, right? Accusing God of being cruel, inhumane, not kind, not generous, not worthy of worship. And he's mocking. Uh, he's he's not. But what's interesting, he's not saying that there's not God. He's just saying he's not worthy of worship. And I'm like, well, that God's not. You're right. He's not worthy of worship, but that's not who God is. Um, so uh, a- other things. Um does God send us to an eternal lake of fire? How many of you learned that the eternal lake of fire was eternal conscious torment, that if you don't accept Jesus on this side of, of heaven, that you will be thrown into the lake of fire. Okay. So what is the lake of fire? Well, um, it was fulfilled in 70 AD when literally everything was burned up in Jerusalem. So that was fulfilled in the past. Okay. But, the lake of fire now is the person of Christ. If you go to Revelation, it talks about that there will be a burning of fire in the presence of God and his holy angels. What is that? Is Satan, is God like this, this, um, you know, this cruel, like human, this cruel God who just likes to watch people burn in their own fat? No, that's ridiculous. It's, it's basically the presence of God is there and it's the fires of love. When you fight the grain of your original design, which is love, the image and likeness of God, you will experience torment. When you say no to, to love, no to light, no to truth, okay, you will suffer torment. And so what happens is, you're creating a hell of your own design. And this happens on this side of heaven. And it ha- I'm sure it happens on the other side of heaven. But imagine being in the presence of God as love, as that fire, and just being in that presence. It is ecstatic when you resonate with that because that's everything you ever longed for, for eternity. How long can you say no to that? This is why I'm very hopeful about Actually, apokatastas happening—that God is redeeming all things, especially His kids. You know, I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not there for eternity. I don't know what Adolf Hitler's going to say. <laughs> Eventually, I just don't think he can hold out for eternity. I'm very hopeful. Um, hi, Mora. It's so good to see you. We got some yeses. Um, so uh, the other thing is that the assumption is that God is a punisher. Does God? punish or God, does God heal? If you're, if you're a lawyer, which Augustine and, um, and, uh, Calvin, they were all lawyers. So if you have a lawyer lens, um, the highest thing that needs to happen is sin needs punishment. But what did Jesus do? Oh, he forgave sin, all sin for all time and sat down at the right hand of the father. So you don't punish what you forgive, but it does need to be healed. Sin is a sickness. It is actually a terminal illness. Sin kills us either slowly or fast. And I would say that sin is more than just a sickness. It's also a fallen identity. You see, the reason we sin or have fallen ways of being is because we don't believe that we're loved. We don't believe that we're everything that God says we are. So we have to kind of, we're like orphans running around trying to get our own needs met because we don't trust God, right? We don't trust him. We can't rest. And an orphan mindset, you're alone. It's all based on your performance and you will wander because you can never rest. Either you go from thing to thing to thing, or you cannot rest in one thing that you're doing. And so we have a bunch of orphans that don't know they have a daddy who is in love with them, who's smitten with them, who says, I've got to go down there and rescue my kids or actually from the inside out, reconciling the whole world. And so when God is, uh, is wanting to approach us in our sinful ways of being, he's not going to tell us we're a piece of crap. He might say, his, he might tell us we're full of crap because <laughs> we are, <laughs> but he's going to say, you're my son and daughter. That is not worthy of you knock that crap off <laughs> and let me help you. Let me climb into your hell hole and help you walk out of that hell hole so that you know who you are, because we only do these fallen things when we don't know who we are. And the only way we can know who we are is to know The one who loved us and gave himself up for us, the one whose image we're created. And he turns around and will show you you. And you are breathtaking, you are beautiful, you are powerful, you are without value. There's no value you can be put on because you have you are worth everything. And so God points out you to you. And when you take that place as a son and daughter, you don't need to sin. You don't need to do these fallen ways of being to get your needs met, to know that you're loved, to know that you'll be protected, to know that one one way or other healing will come, to know that you can transcend all the the stuff coming up with peace, even while you're going through stuff, Um, all of that, that you trust your daddy, um, that he's going to take care of you. And it's going to be. Okay. And a lot of us have a big chip on our shoulder regarding God. Um, And we need to deal with that. We need to deal with that Uh, because we're projecting onto Him things, or maybe we just need to forgive Him that things that we had an expectation of, well, it was supposed to look like that. And they died. And so I can't trust you anymore. And I'm never going to follow you again. Well, you need to deal with your stuff because maybe that wasn't how it was supposed to go. Or maybe something got in the way. I don't know. I don't know all the answers. When I have all the answers, I will come find you. But I do know we always have a good God who lays his self down for every single one of his kids. Um, Maura, you said, yes. May his creation awaken to their true identity in Christ. You know, let me just say this. I want to bring out that word in Christ. Now that we're talking about this, what's being in Christ mean? Well, god the the word says that uh by god through god he created all things everything seen there was nothing created john one apart from him so there's nothing in the seen realm that is apart from god even that satanist okay he's just in his own darkness and his own delusion but he's adored by god he's just lost his way it's called being lost god hasn't lost him but he is lost and prideful in it, the hubris of uh, accusing God of not being more, more, uh, not being moral. <laughs> I'm like, wow. And um, by the way, I did include that link uh, if you guys want it uh, to that, uh, to that clip where he's bringing up some good points and then full of BS uh, with part of that. But God is redeeming all things. He is the one that is after the lost sheep. And this dude's a lost sheep. And you know what? But there's things in ourselves that are lost. And that's what God is trying to woo our hearts, heal our hearts in all the places of darkness that we have, all the places that we don't recognize him or we don't recognize ourselves. So having your identity in Christ means I'm understanding who I really am because there's nothing that's not in Christ. The Satanist is in Christ. Uh, God, you didn't hop in, you know, when you said the prayer of salvation, Holy Spirit didn't hop inside you. Then I know we've taught that, but that's BS. If God is omnipresent, if he's in hell, he's in every human being. This is why they're alive, but they may be darkened in their mind, darkened in their understanding. But when we wake up, boing, okay, it's an awakening to what's already true about you, The Bible says that he, we are his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. It says he were chosen, joined with Christ before the foundation of the world without spot or blemish before him in love. That is actually who we really are. And the more we awaken to that, we awaken to who he is, the more we can, um, our behavior comes up higher because we don't have to self-protect. We don't have to do all these things that we do in order to be okay, to get our needs met, um, Let's see. It looks like we are seeing you in reverse image. Your book titles are backwards as we read them. And your wedding ring is on your right hand, (laughs) but you're not talking backwards. Thank you, Ron. Let me see if I can hold on. Let me see if I can switch that. Uh, You are probably right. You know, on Zoom, it does it correctly on restream, which is what I'm doing this on. It does it reverse. Let me see if I can. Okay. Hold on. Mirror camera. Okay. Just for you, Ron, I mirrored it. So, okay. So now my book should be the right titles and now my ring should be on my left hand, (laughs) but I'm glad I'm not talking backwards. Um, and you know, sometimes we need that flip. We need that flip of, of reality. Like we're seeing it reversed. You know, the Bible says if that, if, if the darkness, if the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Well, you know, uh, Jesus is the light of all humanity, but when that light does not know love, it is darkness. And so it's the it's the love, who God is in that light, that brings the light to be the light of all mankind. That's where we have, it's also referred to as the single eye that we're seeing properly. And so this is why we're growing in the knowledge of God, growing in the knowledge of of who god is as love you know it's interesting i preach love 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 and i will stop it when we get it right and you know it's interesting because people say well you need to balance out your message no i really don't because the wrath of god is also love what is wrath the wrath of god is god's love for everything for you And his passionate opposition against every self-destructive thing, everything that wants to molest you. He is wrathful about that. So that's why he hates sin. Because what is it? The wages of sin is death. He wants you to experience life. He wants you to experience peace. He wants you to experience joy. He wants you to experience all the good stuff that you learned about in Sunday school is really a, a thing. Hello, thank you. And I have no idea. Someone said, hello, hello, beloved Catherine. I have no idea who that is. Hi, but put your name on there because I'm only reading you as Facebook user. Um, so let me just double check to see if I answered all your questions. And if you guys have other questions, uh, let me know. I can exp- uh, mistake an identity you are so right. Sin is a mistaken identity. Absolutely. Uh, blah, blah, blah. We did that. We did that. Um. And I did have a question. It's uh. and I'll just read this one and then I will quote a resource. Oh, it's David. Hi, David. I'm sorry. I think you're on uh, one of the groups and it doesn't come up except Facebook, uh, Facebook users. So so good to see you. Uh, Someone asked um, how to uh, how do you get through being spiritually crushed by church leaders time and time again when it hurts so bad? Uh, She said, this is a topic you need to uh, talk about. I mean, ultimately, you're going to need to, you probably need to take a, uh, a break. <laughs> Certainly if someone is toxic in your life, spiritually toxic or emotionally toxic, um, uh, you, you may need to really do some separation they, that you need to get in a place where you can actually heal. And, you know, uh, my, my good friend, Nathan Blouse, some of you may know him, he, his, uh, he does a lot of inner healing stuff like I do. Uh, and he has this, this quote that says healing can only happen where safety is known. So if you're in the middle of the battlefield, you cannot heal. And you may need to take a break from some of that stuff and find some safe places so you can start to heal. And then you're going to need to, um, to work through any kind of abuse. Any kind of trauma is something that you need to engage with God about. And you, you probably need some professional help. Um, I do have a resource for you. I said, I was going to point to you, uh, towards resources. If you go to my website, uh, I have a series called, um, uh, uh, how to overcome spiritual abuse, uh, how to overcome burnout. The, that's not the exact title, but you'll find it because I'm blanking on the exact wording of it. Uh, that is there on my website if you go under the products. I also did a, um, a uh, conference, an online conference with Matt Pandel and Lila Cook. And oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. I'll get it in a second. But well, four of us came together and did a restoring community, restoring vibrant community after trauma. And so there's a lot of research Clint Walker. Um, and so um, if you want a link for that, uh, the, the, uh, the whole uh, retreat is for purchase and there's a ton of resources available there. So I would refer you to those because that is a significant question. And so I kind of got through the questions that you guys had sent. Did anybody else have any more questions or want me to elaborate on anything else? I tried to get through them pretty quickly since I know it's evening time and people are tired. I guess not evening time for everybody. So I'll just wait just a second to see if anybody has anything else. Does anybody want me to talk more on the wrath of God? Are you guys getting it? All right. So I think I will go ahead and shut her down. Guys, it has been really fun. I just want to thank you uh, for all your support. Oh, wow. Okay. Wait a second. We got a big something. Hold on. Let me look at this. Oh, you're so sweet, Bart. Um, this is so good. Oh, replying to Ron Boyer. The Holy Spirit and the bride in the church says, come let uh, let those... Let uh, and let him who is listening say, calm. I'm trying to read this whole thing, but it keeps on blanking out. Those who are thirsty come, uh, come drink uh, the water without cost. Let him come, take, appropriate, and drink the water of life without cost. That's Isaiah 55 1. All right, guys. Um, Thank you so much for joining. I do want to thank you. You guys have been amazing. You know, this means absolutely nothing if you do a podcast and people aren't uh, aren't partaking of it. So thank you. I couldn't have done it without you. It's fun to, to do this live. And if you guys have questions, come find me again. And I think we're good. So I'm going to sign off. Thank you guys for joining. And we will catch you again soon. Love you guys. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Katherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit catherinetoon.com.